Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Welcome in to the Can of Spam podcast. That was a little sound clip from Imua Garza. We're partnering with Imua and his company, Zeo Music. He's going to be creating some podcast tunes for us. So, so that's a little something you can look forward to in the coming weeks. If you guys loved it, definitely hit us up on Twitter at Can of Spam Pod. We'd love to hear your thoughts. If you guys didn't like it, maybe we just keep that to ourselves. Anyway, Nick and I are back, and we're opening up another can of nonsense. We talk a little bit about how different people get ready to go on vacation, and then we talk to Nick about his hunting trip that he took last week. We're also introducing a couple of new segments. The first one is Only in Hawaii. Not sure if I have to explain that one. It's pretty self-explanatory. But we do another segment called Can or No Can. And that's a little phrase that we have here in Hawaii. essentially means, can you do that or can you not do that? Or should you do that or should you not do that? So... Anyway, without further ado, let's get into the episode. As Nick would say, let's get it. All right, welcome back. Um, I'm Nick. This is... I am Kavika. I am Kavika. And uh, <laughs> hey, um, so actually, we've rebranded a little bit. It's no longer the Nick Wilkie Project. Um, it's actually going to be called Can of Spam, which you may have seen because we've been... Well, Kavika's been changing everything. <laughs> I've been on another island um, chasing deer while Kavika's been working hard for us. And... Uh, yeah, so can of spam, check us out. We're now on what? So no, we're now on, well, we've been on iTunes, yeah. uh, originally on Spotify, and now we're on, oh no, now we're on Spotify. Yeah, Spotify is a new one, yeah. Uh, if you have SoundCloud, you can listen on, on Yeah, there SoundCloud, too, Spotify, iTunes, um, and then Twitter. You can even tweet us, right? It's yeah. uh, what is the, what is the Twitter handle? The Twitter is can of spam pod, at can of spam pod. That's right, that's right. So if you guys have been following Nick and his Nick Wilkie project, thank you so much for, for all your tuning ins. But um, what really helps us a lot is if you go ahead and hit subscribe or if you download the episodes. Um, we're really trying to take this to the next level. Um, me and Nick have been friends for a long time, and he just thought it would be cool to have us do this thing together. So we are now can of spam. Like Nick said, we now have... New album art that you might have noticed. Yeah, because um, Kavika did that. It came out awesome. <laughs> Thanks. We put a little description in. Uh, so this podcast, it's going to be very similar to what you've been listening to in the past. So nothing's drastically going to change. We're just going to try and formalize this thing and and give you guys a little bit better expectations of what you're going to see in each episode. And then maybe through that and with your guys' help, we can kind of find our identity in the world of podcasting and figure out exactly what it is that our niche is. So yeah. If you guys have uh, you know comments or, or questions for us, well, I definitely encourage you to... to I know most people in Hawaii don't have Twitter, but yeah, yeah. go ahead and download Twitter, create an account, and <laughs> hit us up at canaspampod.com. Um, we definitely want to make this a community thing. We don't want you no guys... .com, though. Just oh, can... no, I'm sorry. Yeah, canaspampod. At canaspampod. Yeah. I'm so used to websites. We're still figuring this out. Yeah, yeah, Obviously, we have no idea <laughs> what we're doing, but yeah. Um, yeah, download Twitter, get on there, and uh, let, let's uh, let's go on this thing together. Yeah, it'd be fun. I think, too, if, they, if what I like when they comment or share stuff... It then gives us stuff to talk about, and that's right. I just that's just fun because yeah. I feel like I'm then really connecting with our listeners basically because right. we're talking about what they want to talk about. Yeah, you the spammers. That is a the slices out there. The sp- slices or spammers? Spammers. Ooh, well, maybe we can uh, put out a poll on Twitter and you guys can vote. Yeah, do you so want to be we're slicers? kind of spam? Our studio is the can, and our listeners are either. Slices of spam, or if you guys want to be the spammers, uh, that's good. Uh, Both yeah. of those are good, man. <laughs> we'll put a poll up on on um, on our Twitter today, and you guys can vote. And then from then on, there on out, you guys will be known as well, what, whichever one, whatever you, you vote on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's kind of cool because it's called can of spam. Do you want to explain like why we why did we choose that? Well, number one, spam is kind of like uh, it's iconic when you and it's related to Hawaii, so. We do live in Hawaii. I don't know if you guys have noticed. Yeah. Um, we don't bring that up too much, I don't think. But so we wanted to tie the fact that we live in Hawaii. And then also it's kind of similar to opening up a can of worms because every time we do this podcast, we're kind of opening up a can of whatever. Now it's going to be spam. And yeah. we kind of don't know what's going to happen. So yeah. um, that's kind of the background behind behind why we chose that particular name. Yeah. It'll be fun too. It's just same thing. Like uh, we're just... Chatting and talking, so right. And spam's not. You're not going to tape spam too seriously. <laughs> yeah, you you should not, or you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Um. What is your favorite spam recipe? At a or favorite spam thing that you like to eat? I haven't made it in so long. I make these uh, mushroom. Stu- oh no, stuffed mushrooms, like the crown of the mushroom. Okay. And I stuff it with spam, um, cream cheese, and I guess like regular cheese, like Kobe cheese. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I'll yeah. bake it. 
Are you talking like the little mushrooms? Like the little... Well, big enough. Like bite size. Oh, okay, okay. So I guess when you go to the store, you see like the box of, yeah. of mushrooms, right? Oh, so you just use like, that and take a knife and kind of carve out the center? Yeah, and then just like snap off the, the stem. And then I cut those up and I put it into oh, the Oh, I was going to say, you probably cut that up and mix it back in. Yeah, so it's just it. like it's Spam, cream cheese, and then there's like a Kobe Jack cheese. Yeah. And then uh, a can of Spam that I chop up into dices, and then onions. So I saute the onions in there too. You know, to be honest, I don't like mushrooms or onions. Oh, you I can't lie. I, I just don't <laughs> oh, that's like right. any you of those things. You're yeah, one of those sick yeah. people that don't like onions. Sick. You're sick. Um, you know what, though? You, you do a lot of really good, like, appetizer types. I mean, you cook well, but, like, the stuff that I like that you've made <laughs> have all been, like, appetizer type things. Just bite size. Yeah. Like, homie. what's that one thing you do? The, um, oh, the spread of. Yeah. So it's like, if you think of, like, a California roll. Everything that's in the California roll is like imitation crab with like a mayonnaise, uh, yeah. um, sesame oil. Yeah, yeah. And just mix it all together and you just put a bed of rice on a large platter. Man, I almost threw up just there. <laughs> I don't know. We just came from the counter, so yeah, yeah, still digesting. Burgers. Yeah. <laughs> so talking about food is probably... Almost threw up. Yeah, maybe can't. <laughs> I can't eat anymore. That's, funny. That's what happens when you go to the counter. Yeah, um, but it's like a bed of a bed of rice, and then you just put the the imitation crab mix on, on top of it, and then sprinkle it with furikake. If you don't mm-hmm. know what furikake is, it's like it's a it's a Asian seasoning it has seaweed. I know, ill, right? But when you eat this thing, you just get like a a slice of seaweed that you would buy at the store. Um, they come in little packets, and then you just scoop out with a spoon some rice and some other crab, put it in the seaweed, and it's like a yeah, it's like a little bite, bite size, size sushi thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's Very dangerous easy. is if it was like already predetermined the size for the amount you were going to have, you'd probably eat less. Right. Then if it's the bite size, because you're like, they're so little, I can eat seventy of these. Yeah, you just grab as many as you want. <laughs> yeah. I think my probably favorite spam, maybe not favorite, but just, we're not naming favorite spam thing necessarily, but... A spam um, recipe. A spam recipe. Man, that's hard. Um, I do really like brown sugar spam. Show you sugar spam? Yeah, show you sugar spam. Exactly. Yeah. Basically, you take a pan, you cut the spam, like, relatively thin, and you just put, like, show you or soy sauce mm-hmm. with, like, brown sugar mm-hmm. in a pan, and that's what you fry the spam in. It's a little bit of water. I know I put water. I don't know. I don't know if I've done water before, but I mean, I just threw water because it it helps, uh, you know, spread it around and it evaporates anyway. So it's not like you're watering it down. Yeah. And that's delicious. That's what Um, the classic musubi would be made out of. You'd put one of those sugar shoyu spam slices on a, on a musubi. And that's what, that's the go-to snack. Yeah, dude. I thought it was more like teriyaki sauce. I don't know. Well, I mean... That's most, pretty similar. The sauce is pretty Yeah, similar. a lot of people kind of consider those equal, I guess. Yeah, yeah, the go-to. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that's up there on the list for me. It's a very similar recipe for when I marinate steak, actually. I make teriyaki steak, so... Whoa, whoa what kind of steak do you, are you marinating? Like a tri-tip steak. Oh, And then okay. I marinate it in a similar... Because like, I'm like, if you, you marinate a ribeye, I'll murder you. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> no. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, you just destroyed the integrity of this ribeye. <laughs> I've been we've been trying to do that a lot more. Like just marinating things, it makes a huge difference. Yeah. Like you should, you could just take like chicken breast and marinate it in Italian dressing. Yeah. That's a super easy that's one. It's not hard. It's not hard. It's just basically the prep time. Yeah. And what I find now that I'm older, I'm I love prepping things ahead of time. But when I was younger, I w- I felt like I was doing everything just very more spontaneous in the moment. Uh-huh. So prep time didn't exist. Right. So if I couldn't do it right then and now, I, w- I wouldn't do it. But now I'm like, crockpot dinner? Oh, gosh, yeah, throw it on in the morning. And when you get home from your day of work, dinner's ready. You know, or like if I want to marinate something, it's just all good to go. You just thaw it out the night before in the morning or went, or that night, throw it in a um, Ziploc bag and boom. I think that I just drew another like similarity between a can of Spam and this podcast. It's kind of like because there's so many different things that you can do with Spam <laughs> – like, you tune into this this podcast, and you kind of know, like, it's Nick and Kavika. They're kind of ridiculous and stupid. But also, you don't really know where it's going to go. It That's could end true. up being anything. That's very true. Yeah, we go from talking <laughs> about, like, the podcast to now, like, crock-potting, cooking, and yeah. I was even going to mention sous vide. Sous vide. Sous vide is really popular that recently. That is a 
Oh, you know what sous vide is? Let me, no, tell, okay. let me tell you what I have in my brain first. Yeah, yeah. Tell me everything sous- you know about sous vide. So sous vide <laughs> sounds like you uh, you basically get a tub of water, maybe. A tub of water, and then you put something in the water. That's like any... No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're pretty close. I don't want to it's give a pool. you any... It's a pool. So I've never done this, actually. So it's like you're hearing about sous vide from someone that's never done it. Now, okay... I've got so much to say about this, basically. So, apparently, a lot of restaurants sous vide things. Okay. Basically, what they do is they take the food, they put it in, like, a bag. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how it's, like, I guess, stored or already pre-made, sort of. Um, and then they put it in, like, a tub of water. And then there's, like, this element ah. that you put in the water to bring it up to temperature. And then it's cooking in the bag that's in the tub of water. But not directly touching the water. Yeah, the food isn't directly touching right. it, just the bag it's in. Okay, so I wasn't that far yeah, off. Yeah, no, you're, you're freaking close. <laughs> yeah, it's just more fun to make you think you're that far off. Um, but yeah, sous vide is like really, over here. really popular because you can like put the sous vide thing in like 100 degrees, let's say, mm-hmm. and let whatever thing you're putting in there for however long. So you can, it's almost like slow steaming something, without, basically. Without the... Without the flavor being sucked out into the water. Yeah, I think that's the idea so it is it like it keeps all the flavors just marinating constantly while you're cooking right, it. Right. I don't know, man. I like I, I heard they it do steaks like that in the restaurant. They'll take your steak, sous vide it, and then flash fry it. And then that's how you're getting it. At some oh, to get the to get the crisp. Yeah, just I to see. get that like outer crispiness. But I don't know if I've I don't know if I'm too into it, man. It's like basically boiling your food and I just mm. I don't know, man. Just something I don't just don't like about it. it. No, I know. I haven't tried it, no. <laughs> I just I just feel like I don't really like it. Yeah, that's exactly... I just have some bias towards it. Um, but yeah, this is Canna's Bam Podcast. Welcome. Thank you for tuning in. Classic intro. Classic intro. I'm Nick. This is Kavika. And uh, yeah, so why don't we jump right into a few of the things we're going to talk about. I think the first thing I want to ask you about is um, you leave for Greece in about a week. So actually, we leave for Rome. Rome, that's right. right. Yeah, so me and my wife, now wife, still feels weird to say that. Love you, honey. Yeah, she's going to listen. <laughs> <laughs> of course. But we're flying into Rome. We're going to go on a nine-night cruise. We kind of talked about it on the last, epi- yeah, last yeah. episode. So if you guys are curious about what a cruise entails, um, go back and re-listen to episode eight, I believe. Yeah. Kind of yep. give an overview of that. But um, yeah, so right now we're kind of in the process of getting all our ducks in order so that we can not be where we are right now for a long period of time. Yeah, my, my question was, how does one prepare for vacation? Okay, so basically, there's a couple ways you can look at the vacation. One, you're so busy because you're trying to get everything done. Mm-hmm. That way, when you're gone, things are kind of fine for then you to get back and to just be behind on everything. Right. So how do you like get yourself ready for vacation mode? Because this vacation is unique for you in a way because you're going to you're basically seeking to do nothing. Yes. In a way. Yes. Normally when I go on vacation or I go on a trip, usually I'm going on like an adventure trip where I rent a, a van or an off-road vehicle and it's like hiking and it, it's just exploring everything. Yeah, and you want to pretty involved. Cram it all into like, oh, yeah. I got five. Like sometimes I'm like yeah, waking up like three yep. hours before sunrise to yeah. go catch the sunrise and all kinds of stuff. Whereas this vacation is about pure leisure. So we, ba- yeah, like you said, we basically just want to have two weeks of doing absolutely well, maybe not absolutely nothing, but yeah, yeah, stuff that's so low on the stress. Yeah, you're scale. not really seeking the cram as much as you can into right. one day. The objective to where is you're- to decompress and relax and yeah. let all the stresses of everyday life kind of subside. So how does one um, get ready for that? Mentally or? Yeah, both. Mentally and, yeah. Well, I'm, you know, probably mentally I'm not doing anything very different. Um, most of it is, is uh, you know, logistically trying to prep our studio. I work at, I mean, my job is a is kind of like a, filmmaker, marketing guy that specializes in video. So mostly I'm trying to just get all the ducks in order so that jobs keep moving forward while I'm gone for two weeks. So I'm just engaging all of our like subcontractors and making sure that they know what to do. And then also getting our, making sure our clients know that we're going to be kind of out of commission for a couple weeks. Yeah. Um, and then part of that's just not taking work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That we know is going to line up with when our vacation is. So you just tell people basically like, um, I'll be, I'm, 
uh, these are dates you just schedule the dates more in advance. Like, oh, yeah, instead of like, saying, if I you have a project over. coming in, you know, um, yeah, we can definitely do it. Just know I won't be available from these dates. So if it works when you come back, then great. Let's let's hit it when I come back. But um, if it's something that you need to get done during that time, then maybe utilize another. Oh, nice, nice. You know, another studio or whatever. How do how does that work for you? Do you, do you feel good like delaying those kind of things and like? Yeah, I mean, I we get enough. We're we're pretty blessed. We get enough work where. When we turn down work, it's usually a good thing. It means we have other stuff to do. Right, right, right. Um, so that's kind of a blessing. We've never really been in a position where, like, we just have to scrounge for every job that comes to the door. Yeah. yeah. Oh, nice, man. Yeah, so work's then, you're working on getting that all figured out, basically. Sounds like you did. Yeah, yeah. It, it Yeah, I mean, it's just pre-planning. If you ever read, um, oh, gosh, I don't even remember what the book is, but they talked about quadrants. It's a grid, a two-by-two two grid. The first column is urgent. Second column is not urgent. And then the first row is important. And then the second row is not important. Oh, interesting. So the first, on the top left, you have urgent and important. And then just to the right of that, you have important but not urgent. So everything in my life is trying to convert everything that's in quadrant one, that's urgent and important, to quadrant two, which is important but not urgent. Oh, that's a pretty good idea, actually. Huh. Do you ever find that you, do you ever get to the things that are not urgent, not important? Very rarely <laughs> do I actually put energy into that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just because, just because it, it, you know, when I take my lunch break and then I decide that I'm just going to dilly dally for, you know, an extra hour and watch, I don't know, Game of Thrones or something. Yeah. I didn't plan to be in quadrant four. <laughs> I just happened to end up there. Quadrant and four I just like, happens. Crap, I got to get back in <laughs> quadrant two. <laughs> oh, that's super funny. That's a really good idea. That's clever, actually. Yeah, I forget which book it is. If, if you guys remember the book, um, remind us Yeah. on, on Twitter. But um, that, that's one of the great life lessons is in order to cre- increase productivity, you have to convert every, not everything, but like live your life in quadrant two instead of quadrant one so that you're not always... Um, you know, just behind the... Yeah, or like stressed and right. just frustrated because right. you're not getting stuff done in the quadrant one. Right. Oh, that's kind of cool. That's a that's a good help, actually. I could really use that. I'm not much of a planner, lister kind of guy. <laughs> yeah. um, I need to be more, though. I need to start doing that. Uh, so are you packing? Have you... When do you pack? I have not packed anything. Are you year. like a pack the night before kind of guy? Uh, not really. I mean, a, a couple days before, I'll start like... I have a list that I'll um, start formulating and then the couple days before, I'll start putting stuff away, but... Just being in production, you get pretty, you know, neurotic just to make sure that you have everything. I mean, when you're in production, you're thinking about cards, you're thinking about uh, cameras and lighting, grip, and all kinds of stuff. It's a hundred million things. So when I go on vacation, I kind of automatically take that same approach and just make sure I have everything a couple days before. But ironically, uh, Jordan will tell you that I am the most forgetful person on the planet. (laughs) Um, She'll routinely come home and like, the bag of bread is not closed because I just <laughs> left it on the counter and it's open. Or I just made pesto toast the other day and I just left that on the counter too. Or I forget to turn off the AC or I walk out of the house with the keys. Like, well, That's good to my, walk out of the house with the keys. Usually you need oh, no, the keys sorry. when you walk. Yeah, yeah no. That, uh, <laughs> see, even that. Like, no, I walk I out of the house without the keys. Yeah, yeah. But she's constantly harping me on it. And she's found it funny recently, but sometimes it'll get to the point where, like, come on, man. It's Why like, do you suck? It's like, come on now, all the time. <laughs> I, I, uh, I actually leave, I won't tell you, or yeah. tell them, the listeners. Yeah. No, I leave one of my windows unlocked in case I lock myself out of the house. <laughs> so, like, I should just put a hide a rock somewhere, a hide a key somewhere yeah. in the house, but instead I have to, like, climb up on top of this thing, take all the jealousies out or whatever, because I have those, yeah, you know, yeah, window slats or whatever. School. Yeah, and I've had to do that quite a few times <laughs> uh, and get through the house to get back in. Uh, yeah, I hate when I leave my keys. Yeah, it's hard to do that in a condo. I yeah, need an eight-story no ladder. Oh, yeah, what do you do if you get locked out? Um, I, uh, I call up Jordan, and I tell her that I will buy her flowers. Oh, uh, so you just have two <laughs> keys, basically, and hope that both aren't locked yeah, in. Yeah, and... It happened one time where both of us walked out of the house and immediately as the door closed, just looked at each other like, crap, what did we just do? And it was a Sunday night, I think. So we had to call her parents who we gave our extra key to oh, okay. on the opposite side of the island and they drove into town. And we, oh, because you didn't even have car keys. Because if you did, you yeah, would have no, your house key. Yeah, we didn't have anything. So what you guys do? 
So we called our parents. They drove from the opposite side of the island all the way down to where we live and then uh, let us in. They had our spare key. Did you just sit in front of your door and twiddle your thumbs or were you like, let's go get dinner? I don't remember what we did. I know we waited for them. Yeah. Because we didn't have our... Oh, no, we had our wallets. We might have just, like, killed time in the yeah, lobby yeah. or something. But, yeah, and then, oh, I just realized we didn't even treat them to dinner. They, they treated us to dinner. We got rewarded for locking our, <laughs> for locking our keys Maybe out Maybe that's house. the secret. Yeah, lock your keys <laughs> out, call Jordan's parents, and they'll yeah. On that note, thanks, Mom and Dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. What is um Jordan's personality? You know, your wife, like, you told me how you're getting ready for the vacation. What's she doing? Um... I don't know. We haven't really talked about it. I mean, yeah. I know she's she's obsessed with the idea of cruise clothes, which I mean, I'm kind of on board too. Like, what are cruise? What is this? I don't know. It's like hot weather. If you imagine somebody, picturing somebody in my head that's on a cruise, they probably have a big white hat that's flown in the wind. Yeah, that's exactly nice right. Flowy dress. Yeah, with the big glasses, like the J Lo glasses. I don't know J Lo is that cruise still a current clothes? Reference? Probably Jennifer Lopez. That's current for me. <laughs> if you know, you know. <laughs> But yeah, so we've been shopping for like cruise clothes, quote unquote. Um, as far as getting ready, I mean, the only thing we've really thought of is like travel, like arrangements. Yeah. Making sure we get to the boat on time. Because once we're on the boat, there's really not a lot. Yeah, yeah. You're kind of set. Yeah. You can plan your day cruises and stuff, yeah. but we want to kind of play it by Yeah, here. you can like plan that once you get there. There's no really rush. It'll be more relaxing. Yeah. yeah. So actually, that's maybe it. a thing that, um, that personality-wise that Jordan kind of likes to, she likes to have stuff planned out to a certain degree not yeah. like every second every day but um, she wants to have a good idea of what to do in each port yeah which is which is I think makes sense oh yeah yeah yeah. you know when I'm um, recently I don't know if I've talked about this yet have I talked to you about packing cubes but, no but my other friend is like obsessed with them just got a set Melissa turned me on to it she got a set mm-hmm. uh, because we went to the mainland I don't know maybe a month or a month and a half ago or something mm-hmm. but uh, yeah basically all it is is a bag that you put that are varying sizes. Of- yeah, you have some that are like a foot, some that are like foot. And a- I don't know. It's hard to. They're like if you could see me, <laughs> you would say they're like this big, and some are like this big. And basically, I put my underwear in one of them. All my underwear and socks. Um, another one I'll do like t-shirts and shorts maybe and then the third one i'll do like something a little bulkier possibly maybe shoes maybe like a jacket i don't know anyway but basically the idea is when you open up your luggage you know exactly what cube to go in to grab what you need and it's not just taking everything out and you end up with a pile on your luggage that's what i like about that idea too is i'm just realizing now that if you want your shirts and they're on the bottom, you can still take the other cubes out without ruining the entire That's organization exactly right. of your bag. Yep. And it's super handy too because I used to always put my toiletry bag like in my backpack mm-hmm. because they want it out if you're going through TSA or whatever. But now with the cubes, I find that it's just going kind of on the top and the middle. And then I can easily open it up, just grab that one thing. Everything else is intact. Mm-hmm. Scan it through and throw it back in once I get through. It's crazy convenient. I got mine off, of course, Amazon Basics. Is the one that I bought. <laughs> Melissa bought, I think, a little more nicer one. I was a little hesitant, that's why. Like, do I really want more bags to pack? Yeah. And I do. That's basically <laughs> the answer is I do, and they're really nice. Um, the other thing I like about it is I'll usually, like, either leave a... You know in your suitcase, the one section has, like, a zipper mesh thing on one side? Some of them have that. Oh, and yeah, the yeah, yeah. Just kind of flips open. to the other side. Yeah. I leave that for my dirty clothes. Okay. And I always bring like a like a plastic bag or something, mm-hmm. like a grocery That's bag. That's exactly what I do. Throw all my dirty clothes in there. Okay. So or you can put in a cube. Get a cube just for dirties. Gosh, I'm so like my entire packing plan involves a duffel bag. So But you don't even have a rolling luggage bag? I have one, but I end up using the duffel because it's like a backpack. Yeah, so, yeah. It's one of those ones that you see at North Face that are kinda like oh, big yeah. and flashy. Yeah. But it's a nice duffel bag, but I just like it because um, we, when we go on, um, like especially on a cruise, for instance, when you get into the room, um, the room's only so big. It's not like a hotel room where you can just spread everything out and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, so it really helps helped a lot with our New Zealand trip, for instance. It was just a van, right? So the big roller bags, you got to put that somewhere, right? That's true, so yeah. it's taking up a ton of space, and you're, you're scrounging for every square foot of room in that camper van. Same kind of situation with the cruise. I'm, I don't know exactly how big the room's going to be, but I just know that um, I don't want to be 
having to move my suitcase around and reposition it every single time I want to get somewhere. Like, I just want to, like, fold up a duffel bag and put it in the closet so you never see it again. Yeah. Because we're essentially going to be living there for, for nine days. Oh, yeah, so yeah. I'm I mean, going to unpack everything and put it in the drawers, put my socks in there, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I always thought, like, I've been bring in... a labeler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to bring a label maker. Yeah. I'm going to, like, bring just everything to make this my own. Yeah, I'll bring my posters. That's a good idea. <laughs> that's a really good idea, yeah. Uh, that's cool, though. That's exciting, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, packing is not, like, my... It sounds like I'm all organized. I got these cubes. I got a, I got a system. I'm not like a, I wouldn't consider myself like organized, mm. um, but I do keep my stuff in a certain place and I have a, basically a system for every different thing in my life of how like this operates and how I do this. You know, I wake up, grab my keys, like I brush my teeth this mm. way. I put my toothbrush in the same place. Just everything has its place and I got a system worked out perfectly. Right. Um, so the packing cubes is nice. You, you have some time. You should order some. You don't leave for two, almost, oh no, you leave in a week. Next, yeah. Well, if you want to borrow my cubes, let me know. (laughs) You totally can. Only the ones that weren't used for dirty laundry. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, but yeah, what was uh, the next thing? Well, I know you recently went on your own trip. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so I went to um, one of the outer islands, um, Lanai, or Lanai, however however you kind of want to say it, I guess. Um, But yeah, I went to Lanai for... Um, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, no, something like that. I don't know, five days, I think, or four days, mm-hmm. some, something like that. And basically, um, the island has, um, it's owned by, um, uh, what's his, his last name's Ellison. I forget his first name. I don't know, I just know it's a privately owned island. Privately owned island, and all the land, some of the land is leased to the state, and you can, they have state hunting areas right. and hunting seasons. And then the rest of the land basically is leased um, or not least, it's owned by this by a company, Pulama Lanai, and they issue different like zones for different type of types of private hunts. Mm. So there's like guided zones that are really expensive. You get a guide, and it's just expensive. Um, there's like shotgun zones. There's rifle zones, and then there's archery zones, um, and they're all like the private land. So basically, what I did was I did private bow um, spots, and then I did. Um, two shotgun zones. So there was there's different units, and I got t- two different units, and that we did shotgun hunts on, on two days in a row. Uh, so I bow hunted for like a day and a half, shotgun hunted for two days, and then I bow hunted the last day, I think, a little bit. So you have to buy them for like a, almost like a day pass to get into a certain part of the Well, for the archery, you spend, I think it's, um if you don't live on island, but if you're still a, a, a resident of the state, uh-huh. it's 100 bucks. And it's unlimited, like basically 365 hunting. So you just oh, okay. show up, you go to the check-in station, sign sign the sheet, go hunt the areas designated on the map. And I think there's, I forget the bag limit, it might be three per day mm-hmm. or something like that. You can harvest three deer with your bow in one day. Right, um, which is a lot. Very yeah. difficult to do. <laughs> yeah, difficult. So that's why I think it's like you buy the permit, it's good for a year, it's 100 bucks. I mean, you can't beat it. Okay, but it's, the shotgun ones are different? So the shotguns are a little different. It's, um, you got to call and get a reservation because the, you're the only one hunting that zone so or unit that So you have an entire, entire, like, area to yourself if you get that permit. When you do the, the shotgun or rifle well, I guess that makes sense because you don't want to end up dick-chaining somebody in the face. <laughs> that's right. I think the other reason is um, that's one of the advantages of doing it is you're the only ones in that area. So yeah. there's less pressure, hopefully on Uh-oh. some of the deer. You're not competing either. You're not competing, yeah. Uh, so my friend, I went with a good friend of mine, his name's Lucas, and he called up ahead of time, made the reservations like a few months ago or something like that for these two units. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so you get a shotgun, and I think it's like 80 bucks for the day or $100 a day or something like that. I forget exactly what it was. And uh, yeah, I got, um, I ended up getting one buck um, the first shotgun day and another buck the second shotgun day. Yeah. So I was able to harvest two deer. Sweet. Um, super excited. I think what I'm most excited, but one, I brought home like 60, 70, something like that, pounds of meat. So I had like a cooler bag, and then I had to buy another cooler bag at the market, <laughs> and I froze it all the night before, or whenever I harvested it, I you know, trimmed it all off the animal and like packaged it how I wanted in different um, meat. So I'll section it off into like steaks, ground meat that I'm going to ground up, and then, like, different kind of roast mm-hmm. that I'm going to, you know, so I kind of have the so recipes in my head. So what did you head. learn? I mean, so, obviously, you learned from somebody to do the hunting portion. Yeah. Is it, 
Uh, I mean, probably a lot of both of like trial by fire, figuring it out myself. Okay. But I also have a few good friends that like I've been I with see. and that have kind of showed me the ropes. And they also taught you how to cut up the deer. Yeah, well, I grew up on the mainland, and they, oh, oh. there was a lot of deer. I didn't deer hunt that much there, but like I've You're been around it, it. Familiar, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then I've done a lot of, on this island. I've done you know I've done pig hunting and goat hunting here. Right. There's no deer here, um, but on that island there's deer and then there's mouflon sheep. Uh, so you can actually hunt the mouflon as well. So, a mouflon. That's what it's called, mouflon sheep, yeah. I was picturing a sheep with, like, moose horns. Yeah. It's, um, it looks like a sheep, basically. And uh, the, the rams have, like, curled horns. Oh, okay. They, like, come around. If you saw it, you'd be like, oh, that kinda, that's kind of cool. Me. Yeah, th- that's exactly right, yeah. <laughs> so I, I saw a, actually a few mouflon. Um, I had a chance at some of them, but just couldn't make it happen. But the bow hunting's hard. The bow hunting is really hard. Yeah, because you got to get pretty close, right? Pretty close. Like, within about 60 yards is good. Um, and then, really, a lot of wind is very helpful because then your scent, you can kind of go um, into the wind. Make so sure the, the wind, wind is in blowing your, face. The, your scent away from the deer. Exactly, yeah, yeah. So, wind, wind in your face, and that's kind of how you want to operate. So, I have this little, like, bottle that's about, you know, little, maybe two ounces. Mm-hmm. And it has, like, this scentless, odorless white powder. So you give that thing a little shake and squeeze it, and it shoots a little puff in the air, and then you see which way the wind direction is going. Oh, okay. Um, and that's really helpful because before you were gonna say you like spray this thing all over yourself and you can become scentless. No, they have that too. Yeah, they have this like <laughs> spray bottle. But then you're you just walking around. Home. You're walking around on nut. You just covered in white powder. Yeah, it's like the like what's with the pasty man? Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, super fun, man. I had a blast. I think what I'm most excited about is one of the. Bucks that I was able to harvest had a really nice cape, you know, like really nice um, the fur itself, fur the hide, right? Is it called a pelt? Or yeah, I think there's a from? few different. I think pelt is a little more small game. I oh, think okay. maybe like a beaver or an otter or really a fox refers to. Um, I think that's more of a pelt. I'm not really sure. Okay, um, I would just call this probably the hide. Uh, so yeah, anyway, I was able to save one of the hides. It came out really nice. Um, and I'm going to make a little rug for, you know, my one-year-old. So nice. for her room, I think would be kind of nice. So how big was this, this deer that you shot that you're going to get the fur from? Yeah, so the deer there, I think a really nice, mature buck is maybe like 200 pounds, I okay. think. Um, the ones that I harvested were maybe like 100-something. I don't know. Okay. Um, and how tall do you think that would stand? Um, well, th- it depends on the antlers. Without antlers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I would say they stand at least like, I don't know, from... Head, like their ear, maybe to like their, you know, the lowest part of their body, their, their hoof, whatever. Maybe four feet. <laughs> the lowest part of their body. <laughs> yeah, their hoof. <laughs> I don't know, maybe four feet tall, four feet. I guess. That's actually pretty tall. And then, so, and half, I don't know. I'm so bad think, at that kind of stuff. You think this, um, the fur, this, this rug or whatever that you're trying to make from a four foot tall deer would create like what, how big of a rug? You I'm think? hoping that it, if the rug has like a five footness to it in some direction, mm-hmm. Probably like the length, five foot, five foot would be really nice. It could be more like four foot by like two and a half, three foot. I'm not, I'm not too sure. Oh, okay. Because it it's hard to tell. Oh, I see. Because the leather. Yeah. Basically, they're turning it in the leather. So they, they scrape the hide of all right. like any meat or anything that's on it. And they like treat it and they, they dry it out and it's going to get shrinkage. Okay. But it's, it should be pretty cool. So I'm thinking like I've, I've been really interested and I've been kind of prodding you about like figuring out how to get my or I don't know, license yeah. to, to get into hunting because I like hiking and oh, being yeah. out in nature. So I thought it would be cool for me. But I have this problem, I don't know, say I'm shooting a wedding or something. Yeah. And it's it's out at Paradise Cove. Gnats just love me for so It doesn't matter how much <laughs> I shower. Situation. Yeah. And it doesn't happen to, like, I'll be standing next to somebody and I'll be like, oh, there's a bunch of gnats. I'm like, oh, this guy must be stinky. And then I'll, I'll walk away and the gnats are like following me. And I look above the other guy and there's nothing there. You're and like, it's not uh, like I'm stinky. You're like, Am I stinky? You're like Pigpen from Charlie Brown. Wherever he walks, yeah, yeah, he yeah. just has a cloud of dirt on him. But What's instead of dirt, it's gnats. Man, I'm so embarrassed every time I'm like out in public and <laughs> out of park or something. Especially even like Kapilani Park, which is yeah, right down yeah, the street. Yeah. Like I can be walking through there. Not sweating or anything, but gnats will just start flying that around my head. That is strange. And I like I just gotta smell myself. Like, well, I know if you go like pig hunting, you're kind of more in like wet, jungly type of areas, mm-hmm. and the mosquitoes can be pretty bad. But at least where we were, you're like out in the hot sun. Mm-hmm. The only time I encountered bugs were flies after 
you know, you harvest your animal. Well, I'm just thinking, like, if these gnats can smell me and they specifically pick oh, me out you. of a crowd. You're worried that the animal Whatever scent I'm putting off. Yeah. That, yeah, that, that I'm going to be more prone to those deer smelling me from miles away. Well, there's, like, varying, um... I don't know what people think, but sometimes I'll use this spray bottle. It's scentless, odorless. Like, it's oh, okay. supposed to block the deer's... To be able to smell, it's supposed to cover your scent. It's mm-hmm. scent cover. You could try something like that. They even have, I even have a little deodorant bar that you can put on that's supposed to help with like your scent cover. Well, I just want to try it when I go to Copulani Park so that <laughs> these stupid gnats aren't flying around me. Have you ever heard it's of a, um, a thermocell? Thermocell, no. It's like this little machine. I don't know. It's about like a foot long and maybe like two, three inches wide. And you put like this filter kind of thing in it. And uh, I guess it has maybe like butane or something in it as well. And you light it and it kind of like slowly burns. Uh-huh. And you can wear it around your neck or just like neck or just like hang it near you or whatever. And it is a, a mosquito repellent. And it's supposed to be like scentless and odorless. Oh, I see. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe you get one of those and it'll cover up the natural And it's part. only a foot long. Well, maybe I'll put on a locket. Like, well, I mean, they're like this big and like that wide. <laughs> But this jewelry. They're strained. I mean, it's a it strange thing. earrings out of it? It works, dude. Oh, yeah, dude. That would be huge earrings. <laughs> I'd say belly button ring would be even nicer. Okay, there you go. Just hang it right from there. Um, but, yeah, dude, you should come with us. Go get your hunting license and, uh, yeah, come. That'd be yeah, fun. I've been wanting to. I just got to figure out my... It'd be a lot of fun. I think it's all online now. You the just whole go online. Yeah. Or not the application, the, um, the class. And then after you're done all the online stuff, you just go in and take the test. It's a lot easier now. That's for... Uh, a weapon? It's for your hunter safety your course. Oh, okay. Does that include the gun? It does training? include handgun, yeah. You can. But I still recommend, I would, I would recommend someone to go take the handgun class. Yeah. But you can take that, and it would count for a handgun, I'm pretty sure. Oh, I see. Well, because my dad, like, I, I, we used to go down the range at Coco Head all the oh, time yeah. and shoot with his weapon. So, What kind of gun does he have? Or guns? I was too young to know. Like, oh, okay. They're... It's numbers and letters. Numbers and letters, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The one with the numbers and letters. It's a four, seven, eight yeah, thing. Yeah, there's a four six. in there somewhere. Yeah, right. Probably rifle. a K. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I'm not too sure. But I had a great time. Super glad to be back and getting the swing of things. But it was really nice. Shout out to my wife for, like, letting me go and, like, making <laughs> it happen. And, yeah, she's amazing. She does. She's awesome. Cool. Well, that's what's uh, been going on with us here in Hawaii. I am curious to see if, if you guys are listening from out of state. Like I said before, go ahead and hit us up on Twitter. We're just curious to see where people are listening from. Yeah, I would like to know. It'd be fun. Yeah. Especially international, too. That would be really interesting. Um, Why don't you share one of the um, only in Hawaii things? You know, what is something unique to only living here that someone would experience? Uh, I think the funniest one that I witness a lot is um, when you have somebody that's out of town that comes to a local Hawaii, like, gathering, like a birthday party or something, it's the... It's the kiss on the cheek. Uh, now, here yeah, in Hawaii, yeah. like, no matter who you are in relationship to somebody else, if it's a, if it's female-female or if it's a male-female interaction, it's always the kiss on the cheek. It's just, a, it's just the way that people in Hawaii express, like, oh, welcome to the party or hello. You know, it's, like, it's a greeting. Not male-male, though. Well, I mean, I guess it could, but <laughs> probably more awkward. awkward. But male-male is definitely like a handshake with a you know the shoulder hug yes yes bring, yes bring it into the chest the shoulder hug yeah um if you're really close maybe open arm hug or a lot yeah, of times works, yeah. a lot of times i guess white guys nice high five yeah high five stupid awkward white <laughs> high five <laughs> but yeah so a lot of times uh people will come to hawaii and they won't be familiar with that and somebody will lean in to, you know, give them a kiss on the cheek. And then, now, you're not, like, actually kissing their cheek. You're kind of just, like, putting your head next to them and, I don't know, making the kiss sound, I guess. <laughs> you're making the noise. When I'm describing it, it sounds ridiculous, it's like, kind of funny. But that's just how it is here. So a lot of times, like, if there's a guy that's meeting somebody from out of town and they don't know the customs, they'll lean in for the kiss and then the, the girl will be like, oh, oh, and kind of back up. <laughs> And I, it's just a super awkward and like, it's the mo- the awkward moments that I live for that are just like very awkward situation. It's fun to watch, right? <laughs> yeah. It's fun to like know what's going on yeah. and knowing, yeah, that the other person has no idea what's going on. Have you ever been in that situation? Um, where like someone was kissing me and I didn't know. Or, well, I mean. Or where like I was watching 
this happened to someone else. Well, actually, so you've been here for what? Ten, uh, ten yeah, years? maybe like nine or ten nine years, or something ten years. like that. Yeah. So do you lean in for the kiss when? It's Always, yeah. Like, I don't know okay. when I made the transition of mm. when, like, I knew that that was a thing. I have really great friends though that, like, right. you know, born and raised here that have really like took me under their wing and have like told me everything. Right. right. Um, or not everything, but you know, so have you working on it. have you embraced that idea? Whenever I meet local people, okay, yes, I always the, lean in and give them a kiss. Okay. If I know they're not local, I usually don't because. So what is? How do you navigate that situation? Because I feel very strange shaking the hand of a, of a woman. Ah, yeah, yeah. Hmm, that is hard to navigate. Yeah, I don't have an answer really. I think you just go with if they're local, you you, you just do the thing. If they're not local, then I guess you got to then feel awkward not doing your custom <laughs> and like appeasing their custom kind of thing. Or just going for a hug. I think that's what I end up doing is that you just end up with a hug sometimes. Ah, hugs. hugs. And that works. Like that side kind of hug mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I totally just embrace the awkwardness of it. I'm just like... Well, um, I know you probably don't do this, but I'm coming in. I'm going to give you a kiss on the cheek because that's what we do here. So don't hold that against me. Yeah. Everybody will do that. You must get used to it. You, you know what I think is awkward, though, sometimes? Like when I'm around people and the local person is greeting everyone in the room, possibly. And then they come to me and they don't do it because oh. they're like, you're white and don't know what I'm doing or, or whatever it may be. <laughs> um, and that always makes me feel a little funny of like, okay, yeah, hi. <laughs> so what do you do? You just like. Well, where's my kiss? Where's my kiss on the cheek? Nah, I just kind of like, usually I look at Melissa and kind of make a face of like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like why'd they, why'd they ghost me on that one? Right. Um, but that's very few and far between that happens, but I've had that happen to me before. So another thing that's kind of related to that is only in Hawaii is when you're leaving a party or when you get to a party, you greet everybody. It's yep. kiss on the cheek, shake the hand of every person in that party. And then when you leave, you're making sure... That you're giving an individual kiss on the cheek or shaking the individual hand of every single person yes, in that party. Yes, So it's an entire event when somebody leaves. Whereas in the mainland, or at least what I've experienced in the mainland, like if somebody's leaving, they'll just look at everybody like, all right, guys, bye. And yeah. then everybody waves and then they leave, which seems so much more efficient. But it doesn't also- take 15 minutes to leave. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you can leave within the you know you don't gotta plan your leave. Here yeah. I gotta like lean over all right Melissa, let's go. <laughs> let's go like in that corner over there and slowly make our way out of the room. Right. Like they're in the bathroom. Attack. Should we wait till they get out of the bathroom before we, <laughs> we gotta we gotta make sure we say goodbye to that person. Yeah. There I mean, yeah. It's just it's just it's like planning a attack. You know, like <laughs> it's like D Day every time you gotta like leave, then you're storming the beach and you gotta figure out who you can you know, it's just You know what it's similar to? Is in church you know, after they do the opening prayer. Oh, the greeting And they're time. like, yeah, okay. And then the prayer is done. It's like, we're getting ready to worship. But before you sit down, make sure you shake the hand of three people next to you. Yeah. And you're just like, during the prayer, you're like looking around, making sure like, oh, okay. Who, I got a plan. Who, whose hand am I going to shake? Like, I got to count three. I know these three I, people. I always feel awkward at the greeting time. <laughs> always. <laughs> always. Because it's like, hey, how are you? Good to see you. All right. I'm going to go say hello to this person over there. <laughs> Thanks for being here today. There's nothing like forcing people to interact. Yeah, that's when exactly. They don't want yep, to. yep, yep. Yeah, the greeting time's super funny. So that is uh, only in Hawaii. That's only in Hawaii. We'll have more of those. Yeah, there's so many. There's yeah. like so many different things. So we also have um, now. If you guys have ideas for segments, definitely sh- like shoot them out to us. Um, that was uh, only in Hawaii segment, and we also have something that's. It, we say it in Hawaii. It's called can or no can. And basically, it means, like, can you do that or can you not do that in English terms, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But um, what was the one that we were looking at today? Well, yeah, what was the one? We did talk about one today. like blankets or something. Oh, I don't remember that one. I don't oh, think... it was, um, do you share the blanket? Oh, yeah, yeah, if you're, okay. If you're in a really, and you live yeah. together. So couples sharing blankets in bed. Do you share it or not? So can um, or no can? <laughs> well, my personal story is um, Melissa runs really hot. Just her body temperature mm-hmm. is always way hotter than anyone else. Really? Yeah, dude. It's horrible. You can't even sit next to her. It's like sitting next to lava. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's bad. So we don't share blankets. She has her own blanket. I got my own blanket. So she has like a lighter blanket. No. She doesn't. She's not hot to anyone else or to herself. She doesn't feel hot. No, but her just... Her body temperature is hot. Well, when I'm touching her, I'm on fire. Okay. Yeah, she radiates... She radiates a lot of heat when she's tired. Okay, got it. That's the way to put it. She radiates an immense amount of heat. So we don't share blankets. We should utilize her for sustainable energy. Dude, really? Yeah, hook up some wires to her and she could power the grid. <laughs> um, so yeah, we do not share blankets at all. Um, when we first got married, 
you know, I think Melissa, it's like you're getting married, you're going to share blankets with your with your spouse, like, you know, it's, we're cuddling and this and that. About a, you know, I don't even know how long it took, but I'm like, one day I just, I'm like, Melissa, I can't do it. I need my own blanket. I can't do it. And I think she was a little bit sad, like, oh, man, you know, this was, I thought, what we're going to do, yeah, yeah. this and that. And now she loves it. She loves having her own blanket to where there's times where I'm a little cold. And the blanket I have, I go with a really thin one, so I gotta share a little bit. And uh, she doesn't like giving it up, so we do not share blankets. And I am very thankful for it, it. but yeah. So me and Jordan, we do share a blanket. Um, I'm gonna save this for when we have Jordan on the podcast because she has an idea for a solution that a lot of people have problems with. Is like one exactly what you're you're talking about. You know, one person is cold, one person is hot. Yeah, and um. You know, there's only there's only so many ways you can rectify that situation if you have one blanket. And she kind of has a solution. So Ooh, I would gonna, love to hear that. Yeah, stay tuned for the next episode. I will. Of I will Spanish love. I can't wait to hear the next featuring episode. Jordan Lopez. Yeah, that would be awesome. That'd be <laughs> Actually, awesome. we'll have Melissa on it too. So yeah. we'll have the wives on. They would be in, good in perspective a, for in that a future episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, but we do we do share a blanket. There was uh, on Twitter it was trending that it came out that a couple there's a couple that exists out there that. They don't sleep on the same side of the bed every night. Meaning, like, every time they go to bed, they don't know which side they're going to sleep on. They kind of just fall into whatever side. <laughs> which, to me, is, like, ridiculous. Yeah. That blows my mind. Because I just know where I'm sleeping, and that's, like, that's my side of the bed. So if you're looking at the bed, standing at the foot of it, which side do you sleep on? So I'm on, on the left side. You're on the left side. And yeah. Jordan's on the right, I'm assuming. Now, thinking about it more, it probably wouldn't be that awkward to sleep on the other side. But it would be, like... I would feel initially like I'm not in my own bed. Well, it would be a little strange <laughs> if you had to choose each night. Is whoever just jumps in bed first, you just follow suit and get on the other side? Yeah, and then my know. nightstand is there. I got stuff. I got my iPad on the nightstand. Right. I got my key. I don't know. I just got my stuff there. If I'm yeah, on the other side, I got her stuff. stuff. Not my stuff, you know? Maybe do a role reversal for a couple of nights. That's madness, dude. You're exactly <laughs> right. That is maddening. I don't know. I've always heard the husband... Should sleep on the the side closest to the door. Okay, so that's what we do. I see, I see. To protect if someone busts in on you, you know. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, got it, got it. Um, it's kind of automatic, I think, for me and Jordan because she's deaf in her left ear. Yeah. So yeah. I always try to sit on her right side so she's she can always hear me. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So I think that's a big part of why we sleep on a specific sides of the bed. But other than that, I don't really know. It's just. The idea of it seems ridiculous, but there's no real reason in my mind why it's... I mean, of course, there's the stuff on the nightstand. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think I even find, though, that if I'm in, in like, a hotel by myself or have my own bed, I I even end up leaning more towards the side that I'm used to (laughs) on the right side of the bed, even though I I like being in the center. the whole bed. Yeah, and having the whole bed, but I just gravitate sometimes towards that one side. Yeah. Dude, when I was in... Speaking of, like, beds real fast, when I was in college, I would, um make my bed, fully make it really nice, and then I would sleep on top of it with another blanket. That way in the morning, I didn't have to make my bed. I would just get up, fold my blanket, put it at the foot of the bed, because we had to make our beds. Like, we were forced to make our beds at the college I went to. We had a room check once a week, and if your bed wasn't made, you didn't get toilet paper. Commies. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, So anyway, because of that, I would just end up sleeping on top of the bed. So I didn't have to make my bed. That is uh, definitely quadrant two. Right there. Yeah, that is quadrant two. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, but now, like... Um, that's funny. Yeah. So do you make your bed every morning? Negative. Yeah. I don't believe in making the bed. I know, because you're just going to get in it that night. Right. It is kind of nice feeling when your bed's... Like, we don't make our bed either. I feel like it's... <laughs> but there's times I'm, I'm, like, getting ready. I'm like, I'm going to make the bed today. And it just... It does feel kind of nice to have it neat in there versus the sheets everywhere or whatever. G- no. Is it Jim Gap? No. Louis C.K. would say... I don't make the bed for the same reason I don't tie my shoes after I take them off. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be true. back here in about four hours anyway, and I want it to be open. Yeah, ready to receive Ready me. to receive me. Yeah. Yeah. You ever wake up, though, and your pillowcase is off the pillow entirely? Uh, mm. That happens to me often. I'm, like, up, and I'll find a pillowcase on the ground. And I'm like, have I been sleeping with no pillowcase like a psycho the entire night? I don't know how – I don't know what I'm doing in my sleep, but – So we have – we have zippers on our pillowcases. We're oh, okay. super like, We make a lot of money, so we can afford zippers on our pillowcases, man. <laughs> you got to get on that. That's a good idea, actually. No, that I'm would be kidding. nice. Um, yeah, we just happen to have zippers on our pillowcases. And then um, the problem that I have, though, is like the pillowcase 
it gets twisted around the pillow where like uh, the corner is like in the middle yep. of the pillowcase. That annoys. Is you have to grab it by the corners up. and like shake it out, kind of thing. Well, and I can't because it. if I if I shake it out, like I'm literally just grabbing the corners of the pillow and just like swinging it like an insane person. <laughs> I have to like take it out of the thing and like readjust the case so that it's the corners are lined up. Now our blanket has something very smart. I think is there's so it's is it uh, a duvet. I don't know what that means. Is it a, a a sheet cover for your cover? It's an inception blanket. It's a blanket inside a blanket. That's called a duvet, I think. Okay, My wife so told me duvet. about these. We used to have one. Right. So the inside blanket has like, I don't know, it looks like shoelaces on every corner. Yeah. And there's a loop at the corner of the outside blanket on the inside. Oh my God, I'm terrible at explaining. And I'm like, well, I, don't even, I don't know if that's a duvet actually. Okay, so, so think of a, um, a pillowcase cover or a pillowcase. Yeah. Right? And then... Um, you put the pillow in the case. Yeah, and then you kind of fold the other end over it. Right, right. But in order to keep it from well, that spinning in the pillowcase, the corner of the pillow has like shoelaces on each four, all four corners. Yeah. And then the inside of the pillowcase on each corner is a loop. And you just tie so it. So you to can that. tie the the corner oh. of the pillow. But this is I'm talking this about is our the blanket. blanket now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I've so never heard of that. I need to invent something where they tie the inside of the pillow to the in. Oh, get, yeah, do the, the outside <laughs> <laughs> to the inside of the pillowcase so it doesn't twist around. That's like, a pretty good idea. Like yeah, because it, it drives me crazy. And so it doesn't happen on your blanket ever because you have it tied off. Because they're all, all the yeah. corners are tied to the corner. Yeah, that's true. You could just get a pillow that has like a built-in pillowcase, sort of that doesn't actually need a pillowcase. But could you? Wait, I thought the whole point of the pillowcase was to wash it. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. No? I just true. made that up? That's true, that's true. <laughs> I don't know. I I didn't used to... I didn't pick out any. <laughs> I just want to let it be known. I picked out nothing for the bed. Whatever <laughs> sheets, whatever pillows we have, I'm, Melissa's picked them out. They're wonderful. I have zero complaints. It's great. Um, and Melissa's very careful. We don't mix our pillows. Those are hers. These are mine. She, and they're the same pillowcases on it. They look exactly the same, but hers has a different feel, I Got guess. It. I think it's because her, my body weight isn't crushing it. Um, and then it's not the four. I don't know. So she has her own pillows. I got my own pillows. We have it's two like, each. Oh, okay. Different like pressure. No, they're the same thing. What? She just says she can tell if they're switched. Oh, okay. She's messing with you. I, dude, ask her. For sure. Dude, ask her. No, we gotta she ask knows. her when she's on next time. She knows because if I'm because I, I sleep in my stomach and I'm kind of holding it, mm-hmm. and I think I just have crushed it over time. It doesn't look deformed, but I think like it just has a different feel than. It was like crumpled up foil. Yeah, basically. <laughs> okay, so you got foil pillows. Yeah, but yeah, um, that's pretty funny. <laughs> you sleep on a different side of the bed every night. I could never do that. Yeah, I won't. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think even if. We didn't have the the whole hearing situation. It would still be weird. Yeah, yeah, it would still be weird. Yeah. But it's just funny that that is what was trending on Twitter because so many people are outraged by this. Oh yeah, yeah. People just get would be yeah. bugged by it. But whatever, whatever works. Yep. That's cool. That's cool. All right. Well, uh, so that kind of what wraps up yeah, our that wraps it up, episode man. nine. Um, yeah, we actually are kind of stuck to yeah, we stuck <laughs> some to our list. sort of plan. That's right. Uh, did you guys like it? Did you guys not? Um, definitely hit us up on Twitter, kind of spam pod. If you guys have questions for us or suggestions for other segments, we'd love to hear them. And like I said before, we wanted to create a community here. So we'd love to chat, even if it's just saying hi. Sweet. Thanks for tuning in, guys. This was fun, man. Always a blast. We'll see you guys next time. Shoots. Shoots.